Paso a Paso <laughs> Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast, the early childhood podcast based in New Mexico, and more specifically, the northern wonderful town of Taos. And today we have another wonderful guest who I am very excited to speak with today. And uh, let's just get into it. Uh, hello and thank you so much for joining us. Amy, how would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm very grateful to be here. Miles and I were just catching up a little bit about the fact that he's a father of a new baby. And uh, very, very relevant to our topic today. So I have been, um, my name is Amy McConnell Franklin, and I live here in Taos with my husband and our four children who are all now grown. We moved here in 2000. And since that time is about the time that I got really interested in the whole field of emotional intelligence, especially emotional intelligence training and integration in education. Thank you. And I'm, I'm we're really glad uh, you started off with that um, the timeline because I was unaware. I do recognize that you are always the person, um, and not to embarrass you, but who comes up when we're talking about emotional intelligence, SEL, all the things that to me as someone newer to that as a framework or as a concept traditionally, um, it seems to be gaining steam. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, that, that being the case as well from your perspective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when I first got involved in it, and I, I had read Daniel Goleman's book in 1995, which came out in 1995, and, and immediately thought, from a mental health point of view, like, this is really important. We really need to be teaching these skills preventively, proactively, even prophylactically, um, you know, to, to help people develop these skills from the very earliest interactions. They're developing them anyway. You're learning your your way around the emotional life of yourself and others from your first breath, like your new baby is doing. How do people interact when, or how do people react when I cry? Do, does the world, does someone come to me? Are they responsive? Do I have any agency? Like if I cry, does somebody come and help me with whatever the problem is or, or the opposite? Um, so we're developing these skills the whole time from throughout our lives and into our work and into school. But we have particular opportunity because we have so many children and most most children are in school many hours of their lives um, as young people. So we have so many opportunities to really intentionally, systematically, universally teach these skills. Yeah. So we've we've been talking about the you know the field is about um, actually only about twenty seven years old as a field, the field of social and emotional learning. Emotional intelligence being a component of that. Um, and then emotional intelligence really gained a lot of popularity there in 1995 with the publication of Daniel Coleman's book. Okay. But in the last years, in particular, these most recent years with the pandemic and the very unusual circumstances of you know, schools being disrupted and people having to socially isolate, which is very contrary to our natures mm -hmm. as human beings, <clears throat> we're very dependent on one another and our relationships for our well-being. Uh, that then we've really been aware of while wow, we haven't really been re building the resilience in young people, which I think is really a, a outcome of our social and emotional skills. We haven't really been building that in young people. And so, you know, this is probably not the first crisis in people's lives. It's certainly not the, uh, I mean, it may be the first, it probably is not the last. Yeah, absolutely. And um, narrowing in on the sorts of things we'll be talking about today, in addition to SEL as a topic and, and fleshing that out for more people who may be listening and might be new to them, um, you're involved in a couple initiatives. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll just throw two of them out there and, and uh, you know, go from there, however you feel. SEL Community Catalyst is one, and the other is SEL for New Mexico. Um, what are some things you'd like for the listening audience to, to know about those? 
So the SEL Community Catalyst is a local Taos County initiative that started the, the first year of the pandemic. We had talked about it a bit, like how can we build a community-centric training so that we have a shared language, a shared understanding and concepts across the community, educators, parents, uh, community organizations, human service organizations, government, et cetera. To talk to. So we know when we're talking about social and emotional skills, what are we talking about? We have a shared language. Plus, we build bridges between the different sectors, which so often gets siloed. Yeah. So this is where now in our second year, and you're a member of that cohort. Happy to uh, be. We have seven. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I think we have 71 people that ended up. We we really had funding only for 50, but we uh, had 71 people interested. And again, we're in the right now this month of March. We'll be talking about emotional navigation and regulation. Having last month spent some time on emotional literacy, so being able to develop a rich and nuanced language around our feelings. So that we can like turn our thoughts inward and say, huh, how do I feel about that? Yeah. I mean, if I could share, and and I know there's Please. there's quite a few SEL meetings going on, so I apologize if this might not be exact, but I recall um, a, an exercise surrounding essentially sense of identity. How, how do we identify ourselves? Um, and the thing that struck me, um, I, I can picture where I was because I was in my office at the time, but I remember visually um, feeling yeah, you know, if I had to boil down my sense of myself to, was it five or three things or down to two or whatever, how, what would that look like? And would I surprise myself? And, and it's really kind of checking in with myself. But what's interesting is, um, was the way in which it was done um, with identity? Uh, am, I, am I male? Am I a father? Am I someone who loves music? You know, what would that list be? I found that very interesting. Oh, good. I'm glad you found it valuable. We haven't done that exercise so much in this community, and it was rich. It's a very rich you know, because we all have multiple identities yeah. that we carry with us. And which one, if we boiled it down to just, as you said, two, three, five, what would be the essential ones that are most essential to who we are? Speaking of yeah, that was Sorry. Please. Well, just speaking of essential, and I, I don't, I, I, you're probably the one to do, do this, but I don't want to put you on the spot. If you had to boil down SEL, because um, we've, we've spoken about it, but what would, what would be your most basic explanation for the listeners out there? It's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, social and emotional learning is the capacity or the process through which we learn social and emotional skills. And what are social and emotional skills? How to get along with other people, how to listen to the perspective of someone else and still know your opinion, but also get along, listen respectfully and perhaps change your mind, perhaps change their mind, perhaps just both agree that we each have our own opinions. Um, being able to um, constructively engage in conflict when there is conflict, constructively engage in it, not to prove the other person wrong or prove yourself right, but to, to understand, to better understand, mm. to be self-aware to this piece about identity, to realize that, you know, ultimately at the bottom of the line, I am an honest person. So certain choices are not going to be available to me because I'm not going to do them because they're, they would, um, they would be contrary to my value about being an honest person or uh, a mother, or a woman, or an activist, mm -hmm. or a person that cares about justice, you know, what a, I, I, those being really clear and, and clearing that, I think of it like focusing a camera, focusing more and more clearly on who we are. And of course, that changes, mm -hmm. you know, that, that would differ from over time. So and then being able to utilize our emotions in order to motivate ourselves, stay, stay a course, if we set a goal, be able to set that goal and achieve it, persevere, yeah. So to be able to create relationships that are mutually respectful and make decisions that are both accountable and compassionate. Wonderful. Those are those are kind of the outcomes, which 
we're both parents, you know, it seems like when I think about what skills I want my children to have and hope that they have and embody as the world changes and the world turns, yeah. I hope that they will be, you know, aware of what's going on, you know, how to, who's involved, how do people feel, how do they feel, what can they contribute to feel like they have some agency or choice in the situation. Mm. And then finally, to be compassionate and concerned about other people. And so in their decision making to take into consideration the needs of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, and so we've spoken a little bit so far, and I apologize, this podcast runs by, but about the SEL Community Catalyst, which is a Taos-based initiative that's often well and running and, and um, as you said, has a large cohort of people, 70-plus uh, who are involved, which is wonderful. And I love how broad uh, those who you sought to engage in it are. You also mentioned that there's something called SEL for New Mexico. Do I understand correctly that's a statewide initiative? Yes. Thank you for asking. There's a, a, a national organization called SEL for US that just got started in 2018. And we have a 20 plus um, statewide affiliates. And so just in June, we were able to become a, a state as- affiliate. And we have uh, on the leadership team, there are eight of us from around the state. So in Las Cruces, Farmington, Albuquerque, Santa Fe here in Taos. And we meet uh, regularly and we have a one once a month on the final Wednesday in the afternoon at four o'clock, we have a statewide meeting <clears throat> and we might cover how does SEL show up in early childhood? How does SEL show up in the home visiting program here? Mm. Um, how is SEL uh, part of government? We just had the a uh, person from the mayor of Albuquerque's office talking about health and human services and how social emotional skills have both influenced his career but also how he sees it as as foundational to the work that they do with community. Do you just by any chance do you recall his name? Yes, it's uh, Gilbert Ramirez. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. Yeah, deputy director director of um, the of Tim Keller's mayoral uh, yeah. group office Amazing. staff. Yeah, I'm hoping to have him come up and and meet with our our new mayor and have him you know have like talk about how do we wouldn't that be cool? Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, hopefully there's a lot of good things on the way. Absolutely. Yes, I'm curious, yes. just as I heard you uh, speak to that people uh, from around the state are meeting to discuss SEL in, in the various domains and worlds that we live in. Um, do you ever touch on or hear anything about the way in which SEL and its status might be different across the state based upon um, rural city, you know, north, south? I'm just curious if that, if that ever comes up. We It definitely is, and it's why SEL for U.S. was insistent that we have broad representation, <clears throat> excuse me, across the, across the state. So, you know, Las Cruces is quite different in many ways. Yeah. Um, we are fortunate, in my opinion, because of the lawsuit that was taken by the Yazzie Martinez lawsuit against the state of New Mexico in education, in that um, we are, re- and we as a group of, of leadership, the lead team of SEL for New Mexico are absolutely unapologetically committed to culturally affirming and culturally sustaining social and emotional learning. Mm. We are uh, social emotional learning has been accused in the last year and understandably as being potentially without context, um, white supremacy with a hug. Whoa. Whoa. It's yeah. That sounds horrible. (laughs) uh, It sounds horrible. It's horrible. It is horrible and absolutely unintended, but it could turn that way. If you say, for example, you're talking about appropriate, um, Mm. appropriate expression of emotion. Well, who's, by whose term is appropriate? Mm-hmm. Who's determining what's appropriate? And so, and I, and it is, you know, the danger is that it was, the field was developed primarily by white men in academia, mm-hmm. frankly, um, people more of my generation. And so, you know, what's, what's appropriate in one culture is not necessarily appropriate in another group. Mm-hmm. And to demand that people de- obey and, and to actually 
categorize or, or judge people if they're not a certain way um, based on without any understanding of culture and context is unfair and, and absolutely not the intention. So we're really, and the whole field of social emotional learning has gratefully really focused on the cultural relevance, the, um, yeah, understanding, having, being curious. Yeah. And we in Mexico, because of the Yazi Martinez st- lawsuit, are we can't ignore that. You know, we, we won't ignore that. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to unite, for example, the equity councils, the culturally and, and linguistically relevant teaching, trauma-informed teaching pedagogy, you know, so that we understand a child, a whole child, and are able to um, be curious and interested and not judging a child, but be really curious about developing that whole child's potential. Yeah. But we as the adults have to start being whole people ourselves and we have to be in environments in which we can be whole people. Oh boy. There's a lot there. You're hit, you're, you're hitting me. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> and also just, I was going to say thank you for bringing up what you did before. Cause I wasn't aware of that controversy and it's important for the context of the complete discussion. So thanks for that. And yeah, I mean, yes. like, like you were just saying, I mean, you know, um, adults love to <laughs> come up with their idea of what kids should be doing or not. And, and, uh, it is always important to remind ourselves that we need to be working on ourselves the whole time as well, regardless of our age. And also you would, like you just said, um, the environments, environments where people are allowed to, um, I don't know how you'd phrase it. I mean, maybe the old school would say be more, be themselves, but I don't know how, if that's framed differently nowadays. I love the idea that we're, that what education really is, is helping a person reach their full potential. Yes. Contribute their gift to the world. I agree completely. That's the only reason I have a job. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't be employed if I didn't want to help people do all they could. Yeah. Well, this is beautiful. Yeah, be who they are. Yeah. yeah. You know, we each have a gift. In my in my view, yeah. we each have an incredible, unique gift, and the world will be a better place if we can contribute that. I agree. And if we if we can develop that capacity and that confidence and sense of agency in young people and that self awareness, yes, then they can contribute that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm completely there. You also mentioned that um, there's some folks who are going to do. Uh, is it a presentation or a training coming up? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so. The state, the New Mexico PED, contracted with ECHO for SEL, ECHO, the ECHO platform that's been used mostly in the medical field from Salud's New Mexico at UNM. And they have a, a portion that's SEL, that's on SEL. And they, they taught it last year. And then now this year, again, we've been very involved, SEL from, for New Mexico colleagues and I have been very involved in doing some of the trainings. And this next uh, week, next Tuesday, they always meet the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Oh. They give these trainings. And Carla Chavez Martinez, who is um, has worked for a long time, was a science teacher for a long time at Taos High School. And uh, one of her students from back in 2012, Angelique Vargas, who now is the coordinator, training coordinator for Rocky Mountain Youth Corps, are going to be on. They're going to be doing the training and they're going to be talking about the genesis of the EQ retreat back in 2012 at the high school. Yeah. Because it was actually started in Carla's um, anatomy and physiology class as a conversation about ethnicity, race, and culture. Yeah. Wow. I love watching your face. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have known? Wow. Well, <laughs> um, but Carla's, Carla perceived that uh, the her students, who many of whom had been in school for 13 years together, tended to segregate by ethnicity, race, yes. culture. And she thought that, you know, what a shame here they're about to graduate and go off and do their own <laughs> lives and have their careers. Yep. And, you know, what, what a shame that they never have these conversations. So she asked me to come and talk. And I'm very curious, and I think Carla will, will articulate this. How did she see the connections between EQ and having these constructive conversations about race and ethnicity? Yeah. 
It was so beautiful, Miles. It was one of the highlights of my career, frankly, wow. is talking to those kids. It was like it was like people were taking cloaks off mm. that they had been wearing oh my unconsciously and unknown. And such respectful, wonderful, painful sometimes conversations sure. that people had. And so, uh, yeah, so Carla and Angelique are going to talk about that. And we had a conversation on Monday. It was just so moving to me wow. to hear the impact that it's had on well, yeah on lives. <laughs> well, that's amazing and wonderful. And selfishly, I'm hoping it gets recorded, but I don't know if it will, it will be. It will be. It will be. Okay, great. Yes, yes it will be. Well, yes. so keep an eye out for that. On um, perhaps we post it around the internet afterward. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Well, you know, thank you so much. We're we. I feel like. Um, well, I do spend time sometimes uh, roughly speaking with you for hours <laughs> on trainings and such. <laughs> but here we are with our 15 minutes or so, and. Um, uh, you know, so thank you so much for everything you shared with us today. Thank you for all of your work and dedication and, and openness. And um, what do you feel might be impactful to leave our listeners with um, as they, you know, perhaps in their own lives may not hear SEL discussed for a while afterward, or maybe they will, right? Um, what, what would be your message at this point as we kind of wrap up? So this uh, Friday in two days is the SEL day, so March 11th is the third International SEL Day around the world being celebrated, a day in which we try to raise awareness about SEL and its impact, to uh, talk about policies and, and funding that can happen so that all children and all adults get exposure to this um, from their earliest breaths all the way up through their work and live and, and are able to be in an environment in which there is, um, you know, it's a, it nurtures social and emotional well-being and thriving, flourishing. And finally, to connect state uh, across our whole state stakeholders in SEL. And so, the, if you'll, if people will start listening, like start paying attention to, like, how do I feel in this situation? Say, I'm going into an interaction that might be a little bit controversial. What's my intention? Is it to, you know, make somebody feel bad? Is it to show them who's boss? Is it to create a stronger relationship? What's my intention? And then, what choices do I have? And if, if my intention is to really strengthen a relationship with my adult child or my teenager, what do I, what do I want to do right now? And what feelings do I want to evoke? And what feelings do I need to engender myself in myself so that I can have this conversation and have it be more the way so I won't feel bad afterwards, you know? They won't feel bad. Mm -hmm. Oh, I won't have to regret or apologize. I'll be like, that's what we wanted to do is get closer, have more understanding. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's really a foundation to us working out all the inevitable challenges that come up as being human beings in a community. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So I guess I would leave people with like, start paying attention. You know, in addition to the other things you pay attention to, notice what are the feelings, mm -hmm. what emotions are coming up. You are you are the as a father of a newborn with other children. What are the feelings? Yeah. And how could we articulate them? And what is the cause of them? And, are they, will they work well for this situation? And if not, do we have some strategies to kind of change them? And as adults in children's lives, we have the responsibility to help kids do that mm. and to model that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you again. Um, really, obviously, powerful and amazing things. And thanks um, also for your advocacy and encouraging them to be brought to light more often and, and, and to have us um, consider those things in our own lives and others. Um, so, so, yeah, once again, thank you so much. And, um, uh, in the, in, the, in, the, in the months to come, is there some way that the community can, uh, if they'd like to learn more about your work or about SEL in New Mexico in general or locally, um, is there any, what would you suggest they, they 
uh, look into? I would say that our, our best avenue at this moment is to, to log on to SE, look on the website of SEL for New Mexico and the number, it's the f- number four. So SEL number four NM um, dot org and just register interest, you know, register on it, sign in. And then that's probably our best vehicle right now for spreading information about both advocacy, laws, policies, funding, combining people, training, et cetera, what's going on in the state. Okay. Um, probably the best way. And um, also then watching or finding out other people who are part of SEL for Community Catalyst and because we have funding to continue to do a th- third cohort at this point. Okay. So, um, yeah. 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 So, well, is, building that community. So if someone's interested, you could you could send me an email, pasotaos at gmail.com, and I could perhaps connect you with Amy for the future um, if you're interested in, in getting involved in, in what essentially on the community side is a free opportunity to do yes. some introspection and, and, and have some good dialogue with other people you might not meet otherwise. Yes, and build those skills. I think of it as like SEL or EQ is kind of like the string that connects a necklace. Mm. It's all those beads that are, you know, like the 100% initiative, the Paso a Paso initiative, the home visiting program, the schools, all of those are beads. And the, what strings them together is the, the concepts of, and the concepts and the skills of getting along. It's old wine in a new bottle. It's old skills. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much, Miles. All right. Thank you for all the good work you do. Thank you. Paso Paso Campus. Paso a Paso. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Ha <laughs>